RadioInfluence.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Forking Around Town podcast. And I have a question for you today, and that is, what are you craving? And this really ties in well with my guest who I met on Instagram. Her name is Jillian, and she is up in the Boston area. And her Instagram account is what are you craving? And that's how we connected. And I have to say, all of her pictures are always making me hungry. And Boston has long been a place on my bucket list to visit. So Jillian, how are you? Hi, Tracy. I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, I was just looking at some of your pictures earlier today and I thought, okay, I have to somehow find a way to make it to Boston soon. <laughs> it's you awesome. have to. We have some amazing food up here. <laughs> I, I can tell. And ever since I can remember, whenever I meet somebody from Boston, they always tell me since, you know, I love Italian food, they're like, you have to go to Boston. There's some of the best Italian restaurants you'll ever find. And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> It's true. It is true. You know, there's so many different areas around the city that have good Italian food. Um, I want to talk about the North End. It's like the spot to go to for Italian food when you're in Boston. So sounds good to me. I'm going to I'm going to start looking into flights and try to figure out a way to get up there. (laughs) There you go. So I, I wanted to ask, how did you get started on Instagram and showcasing all of your wonderful, you know, food porn? So I have always been a big foodie. I love eating. I love trying new restaurants and I love taking pictures of food. So naturally the next logical step for me was to create a food Instagram, of course. Uh, <laughs> so of course. When it's, you know, of course. So when it's time to eat, I'm constantly asking my boyfriend or friends, what are you craving? And my goal is really just to show both locals or anyone who's interested in traveling to or interested in the Boston area, what good food we have to offer and really help them choose what to crave. I I love it. I love it. (laughs) So when you when you first started out, how did you find it to be on Instagram? Did you find yourself getting kind of obsessed like I did? You just want to go to every restaurant and constantly take pictures or was it more of something that you just kind of did once in a while? Definitely was obsessed like you were. I, you know, it was something I was doing anyway. And now that I have the account, it gives me even more of that drive to go out, try new restaurants, try new spots, try different things, kind of switch it up from what I typically like, just so I can expand my palate and expand my followers palette. I love it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I know my kids always get mad at me when we go out to dinner. They're like, can you just for once just eat and not have your camera out? And (laughs) I know (laughs) that's true. Sorry. We just like doing that, you know? I know. I always try to make sure I go out to eat with someone who understands, you know, what we're doing here because I never eat a hot meal. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I know. Some of my friends tell me you're a good person to go out to eat with because, you know, I always choose the good things to eat and have good suggestions. So it's nice being that foodie friend, you know, in your friend group. Exactly. I always make a point to try to go out with other, as I call food influencers, because they understand and we're always all about, you know, putting all the plates out so they look pretty and just ordering the most unique things to get the best photos. And it's always, you know, easier for me as opposed to going out with someone who is impatient and just wants to dig right in. (laughs) Right. It's like I tell people, absolutely. I always tell people, I come with a warning label. You have to eat cold food. It's not going to be hot. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) At least you give the warning, you know, they're prepared. (laughs) 
I think that's one of the reasons I love pizza so much is because it's something you can eat hot, you can eat it cold. It's always going to be good the next day. It's just easier to photograph. <laughs> it's it's always going to exactly. be good. It's so, so versatile. You could eat it now, later, whenever. Exactly. So you'll have to tell me a little bit about the, the pizza in Boston because I've always wondered how you know, New York has their style, Chicago, Detroit, California. What kind of, um, like, what is the main type of pizza you would find up in Boston? Or is it similar to Tampa where you have a little bit of everything? I would say it's similar where you have a little bit of everything. Um, you know, you could find regular New York style pies. You could find like the Detroit style thick crust. One of the I would say types that are around here and kind of the surrounding areas around Boston is bar style pizza. Um, those are kind of smaller pies or individual pies. There are some really good spots. There's this place in Stoughton, Massachusetts called town spa pizza. It's a local staple. It's a little bar pizza. You all go in, you always have the toppings that you want on there. My order is, cheese pizza, burnt edges, and I get honey mustard sauce on the side, which sounds so weird, but they're honey mustard sauce. It's like a sweet, delicious sauce that you can dip your pizza in, and it's literally to die for this meal. Oh, I would definitely try that in a heartbeat. I'm yes. not picking. <laughs> I, exactly. Any type of pizza that's there, I'm there for. Um, Regina Pizza is probably the, you know, the most well-known spot up in Boston for pizza. They've been around for a while, I think, since like the 1920s. So they're a go-to staple in the city, and there's different locations around the area, which is good. They have a really good you know, classic pie. Very nice. Very nice. Now, is there a lot of seafood pizza up there since you guys are known for seafood? There are some spots that have a clam pizza that I've seen, which is really good. It's kind of a white base with garlic and clams on top. Um, but we are really well known for seafood, as you mentioned. I would say we're more well known for lobster rolls and lobsters. We're right on the water and there's a ton of restaurants in the area. Um, there's a seaport district in Boston, actually, which has a ton of good spots that you can go get lobster rolls, those lobsters, any kind of seafood you want. Um, just to give a few shout-outs here, Yankee Lobster and Barking Crab in those areas are absolutely amazing. They're both casual, and I highly recommend them for anyone looking for some good seafood in the Boston area. It's absolutely one of my dreams to have a lobster roll in Boston. And it's it's really funny. A friend of mine had some lobster meat and some lobster rolls sent to him. They were overnighted from a friend of his up there, and... It was so good, but I can only imagine how incredible it must be up there when it's nice and fresh and prepared and just handed exactly. to you. Exactly, right. But that's great. You can get it shipped down there so you can get a taste of it at least until you make your way up here and try the real thing. <laughs> right. Now, I have a question about lobster rolls. So we have a place, um, it's on St. Pete Beach out here. It's called Boulevard Burgers. And I was there, gosh, about two months ago, just trying some different things on their menu. And they had a lobster roll, but they also had what was called a Connecticut roll. So the Connecticut roll was, the lobster was warm and the lobster roll was cold. Is that something that you guys do up there or did they just make it up? Because the bartender didn't know when I asked him. <laughs> I've never heard of a Connecticut roll, but there are two styles of lobster rolls that I feel like it's kind of split 50-50 what you prefer. You could either do, you know, the warm lobster with butter on it, or you could get kind of like a more of a lobster salad, which is with mayonnaise, and it's more of a cold dish. So those are usually on the menus. You can choose which way, or some places only make it one way, but that's more the go-to up here, I would say. Okay, makes sense. I mean, both sound good to me. I mean, I'm not picky. I'll, yeah, as long as it's cat lobster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, you can't go wrong either way. <laughs> absolutely. Now, aside from lobster, what are some other popular types of seafood up there? 
So I would say clams are popular. Um, we have a lot of good clam chowder spots. There's a lot of restaurants that if you like linguine and clams, that's one of my favorite pasta dishes, going back to your Italian question before. So I would say that's a really popular one. Um, you know, baked paddock, there's just a ton of different seafood options you could try. You could really get any type of seafood you want, you could get it at one of these restaurants. Um, you know, there's fried clams, fried scallops, if you like going that fried route. You could do baked if you like to go a little bit healthier. So there really is a versatile amount of seafood, I guess, that's all you could ever need. Oh, gosh, yes. You know, I grew up, um, even though I live in Tampa, I grew up um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And out there, they're known for their clam chowder and a bread bowl. So it's a New England style. I'm sure you guys do that up there as well. Of course, you know, anything is better in a bread bowl, I would say. <laughs> I know, lamb right? chowder. <laughs> I love when you finish it and you get to the end and the bread is just kind of soft and it just melts in your mouth. Oh gosh, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. I think I need to go get one of those <laughs> today, later. I know. We we do have a couple places out here that you can find something like that, but it's um it's been a while since I've had like the real authentic one from San Francisco, which I grew up loving so, so much. <laughs> Someday. Oh, I know. Someday. I've never had one from San, San Francisco either, but it sounds amazing, especially the way you just described it. Oh, absolutely. Well, they're known for their sourdough bread out there. And there's right. a, a, yeah, the Boudin Bakery, which, you know, a lot of people, you see it in airports, and I grew up with them as well. And they just knock it out of the park with their, their sourdough bread. It's just, it's something you just crave as soon as you get off the airplane whenever I go home for a visit. I can just, I get it. Right. Oh, for sure. I just get a loaf of bread and just start eating it right then and there at the airport. I don't care. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that it's there for you right when you land off the plane. That's amazing. Oh, it is. It is. They have a couple of staples and that's where they get you. You pay a lot more, but it's just so worth that after that long plane ride, I have to say. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) I have another kind of silly question, but you know, the Boston cream donut, Boston cream pie. I mean, those are things that, you know, you're going to see at bakeries all over the country. So do you know anything about the history of either of those? (laughs) Yeah. So the Boston cream pie actually originated back in Boston. I think it was back in the 1800s at the Parker House Hotel in Boston. And since then, it's really been a staple around the area. And like you mentioned, nationwide. And I think that that's where that connection kind of transferred into a donut. It originated from that pie back in the day. Oh, wow, that's a, I mean, it's a genius idea. <laughs> right? I know. I know. It's such a good treat. Oh, gosh, I love it. So aside from like those desserts, do you guys, I mean, the other one that I can also say that I've had in, and it has been several years, but the, you know, is a whoopie pie. There's a company called Wicked Whoopies and they sent me a bunch of different varieties. Gosh, I want to say it was like eight or nine years ago. It's been quite some time. And then my same friend who got all the lobster and the lobster rolls sent to him, they also included some whoopie pies. And sadly, I didn't even get to eat one because he ate them all before I had a chance. Oh, so it was so I mad. don't blame him, though. <laughs> whoopie <laughs> pies are good. Oh, my gosh. They are. I could I could actually go for one right now. It's, um, I after, know. See, now that, you know, the Super Bowl's over, I mean, you know, after the holidays... I I mean, I really overindulged. It was crazy. And then it kind of continued into January, which is eating more pizza than I should. So I said, after the Super Bowl, I'm going to get back onto eating healthy. So you may see a lot of things I'm posting, but I actually ate them like before the Super Bowl just because I had to get it all in. So now I'm I'm actually on a... I'm on a protein and veggie diet and it's, ugh, it's so boring. I'm craving all the bad stuff. 
I, have oh, to, I know it's hard, but that's what Instagram is for. You can go check those pictures out and put them on your list for when you can eat for your cheat meals there. That's what I do. I'll just go back and look at a picture and I'll just close my eyes and just remember eating it so I can remember the taste. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. It's what you got to do. Well, now, of course, I have to bring this up. Um, being that you are from the, you know, the Boston area is, you know, Tom Brady. And now that he's here in Tampa and yes. <laughs> I'm sure you saw the videos of him yesterday. He was having a really good time. <laughs> oh, I sure did. I feel like in all the years he was up here in Boston, I never saw him having that good time. And I, I love it. I love to see the side of Tom. It's, it's a different side. I honestly didn't think he ever drank alcohol. It just seemed that he lives such a clean life. I mean, out here in Tampa at all the grocery stores, you know, all of his like health and supplement products are out. It's like the TB12. You see him everywhere. And yep. Just everyone says, oh, he, you know, he just doesn't put anything bad into his body. And so when I saw that video, well, first I heard about it on the radio. Some people were talking. I thought, oh, there's no way he's not. I thought they were talking about Gronk, to be honest with you. Right. That's that's the kind of guy who does it, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. But it was, it was pretty funny. So how do most people feel up there about him, you know, leaving and coming to Tampa? I would say... I think that the majority of people who I talk to are still rooting for Brady. I was still rooting for him. You know, he was an integral part of the Patriots for so many years. And obviously he's the goat. Like you can't deny that no matter what team you are a fan of, he really is such a good player and such an incredible athlete. So I think a lot of people here do share that, that love for Tom and really just want to continue to root for him and see him succeed. And keep carrying on although we do miss him up here I was gonna say and then especially with Grant coming down here and you know I know like (laughs) the dynamic duo (laughs) it's so funny I mean I have to admit you know I don't know if I I think I mentioned this to you I've always been a Steelers fan so the Patriots have just always been like the enemy for so many years and it was like ugh. and I'll never forget the first year I moved to Tampa um, the Steelers played the Patriots um, in the NFC championship or the AFC championship game. Sorry. And that was, you know, Big Ben's rookie year. And like he started, went undefeated and then they lose to the Patriots. And I remember being at this place. It's no longer open. It was called Leroy Selman's named after a, a very famous Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And the entire place was filled you know, the majority were Patriots fans. And I was literally crying in my, in my chicken wings after that game. (laughs) (laughs) I was just so mad. And I thought, well, here we go. And of course there were so many more years of us losing to Tom Brady. So when he came here at first, I was happy because I thought, well, I don't have to worry about him, you know, with the Steelers anymore. So we'll see. (laughs) And then here you are winning the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But I have to say, yeah. I've always, always like thought Gronk was funny. I just he's everything. He's hilarious. Just, he really is. He's really is. Like I he had, needs a TV show. I could just watch him all day. <laughs> he would be perfect. I had to look up and see where he was from because I was trying to figure out his accent. And it's, yeah, I think it's Connecticut. Is that right? I can't. It's actually New York. What did you find? close to Buffalo. New York, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. It's I knew it was up there somewhere. I thought maybe somewhere in Massachusetts. I really it just his his accent is unique and I knew it had to be somewhere up, you know, up north, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, somewhere up here where we have these weird accents all around. Oh, I know. And one <laughs> thing I was going to ask you, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, but have you seen the goat beer that is out? I have not. But I think I need to check that out. I'm going to send you, well, 
It's from Bent Water Brewing Company. I don't know much about them, but I spotted it um, during the holidays at one of the liquor stores. And it's, I have to send you a picture, but it's got, it's called the Goat 12. And it's, it's a really cool logo, but it has actually a goat with a football helmet on it. And you can, you know, obviously they can't put the Buccaneers logo, but you can tell that's what it's supposed to be. So I'll I'll have to send you a picture of that. Oh, please do. I would love to see that. That's awesome. Oh, absolutely. You got it. Well, I wanted to just, um, you know, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. It's nice to talk to somebody up there and kind of learn a little bit about the the Boston cuisine. Definitely nice chatting with you as well. No problem. So I want to let everyone know if you're looking to follow uh, Jillian on Instagram, her Instagram is craving underscore Boston. She showcases all of the best food in Boston. And I have to say, I'm I'm really convinced I need to make a trip up there. And um, maybe you and I can enjoy some clam chowder and some clams and lobster rolls together someday. Absolutely. Make your way up here and we will do it. Oh, I will. Well, thank you again, Jillian. I appreciate your time. I hope you have a great weekend eating lots of good foods and just continue to make me jealous while I'm being good and eating healthy food. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. It was so nice talking to you. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank Thank you. you, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, a new episode of Forking Around Town comes out every Friday on RadioInfluence.com or wherever else you like to download your favorite podcasts. Have a wonderful weekend and be sure to eat something that is naughty and super delicious. Thank you. This is a Live Bold and Boss Up Quick Fix on Radio Influence. He's currently the CEO of... Uh, and lead executive for business development at Leading Edge Connections. Welcome, uh, thank you, Eric Sims. Glad to be here. I moved to to Tampa in '06, and um, it was one of those uh, geographical relocation, fix your problems by moving type situations. And it didn't it didn't really work out because you know, I was the problem. So I got out here and fell on my face. And um, so my my time in Tampa started with me dealing directly with um, what I dealt with for years with its major drug addiction and alcoholism uh, that had really caused me a lot of pain in my personal life and in my professional life. And so uh, it was not a fun start. I had moved out here thinking like, hey, I'm going to be like Jimmy Buffett. I'll go to the beach and we'll rent some jet skis and have some margaritas and life will be good. And um, it was more like, hey, I'll drink a bunch of margaritas and crash some mopeds and, you know, um, you know, just stuff was not, it wasn't healthy. So it started out with me going into rehab, really. It was like my first real kind of adventure here and, and working on trying to get my life straightened out. And so uh, that was how it all began. And then from there, I, uh, I as I was going through that process, because it's a long process when you're dealing, I was 34 at the time, or 33 at the time. So when you're, you got 33 years worth of junk, you're dealing with this not a, overnight, like, hey, take a pill, you'll be fine in the morning. Uh, I took a good year really out of my life and just focused it on focused on self-improvement and uh, about half of that year was spent in treatment. And uh, during that process, you get to work and things like that. So that's how I found the call center business was I had to find a job. (laughs) So there was a group that was kind enough to give me a job. And that's kind of how I found my way into um, that. The industry live bold and boss up with Stephanie Marchese and Ashley Jiraki can be found on Apple podcast, Stitcher, tune in Google podcast, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com.